The room erupted in celebration. The landing had been a resounding success. The internal video feed was as clear as they could hope for. The smiles of the landing crew were reflected on the faces of every engineer, every technician, every individual that had poured the past few vital years into the project. The air in the operations helm was a mixture of exuberance, relief, and elation. Over the hours, the buzz at the prospect of the future which once seemed so far away, so impossible, refused to die down. Communication was constant with the forward team, and once the essentials had been disembarked from the landing craft, the signal was boosted beyond expectations. Crisp, uninterrupted video and audio feeds cascaded through the network as the congregation watched in first person the inaugural generation of Martians secure the valley. Fatigue was forgotten. Exhaustion a distant memory. The ground team worked round the clock in tandem with central command. The days blurred and progress continued unabated. The forward base progressed according to plan, and the settlers proudly looked upon their work. Comfort, amenities, and all manner of research stations and tools were set up and ready for use. Eventually, the surge of energy settled into a normal rhythm, and the settlers prepared for their first expedition out into the unknown. The first several treks fostered a great deal of excitement, but it didn't take long for the expeditions to lose their luster, as novelty wore off and gave way to the doldrums of routine. In time, all parties, both home and abroad, adopted the new normal and slipped back into monotony. Until the discovery. In an unpeculiar location, on an uneventful day, one of the team's forward rovers reported an anomaly. Abnormally high radiation readings were traced to a cliffside roughly 30 kilometers from the forward base. Within several hours, the rover that had discovered the anomaly had entirely shut down, its internal circuitry fried. A second, more robust, armored rover was equipped with additional plating and sent to recover the first. Its internals failed five kilometers from the carcass of the first. With no choice but to recover the rovers manually, straws were drawn and a forward expeditionary team was selected from the new Martians. The farewells were long and painful, and none expected to return. They expected even less what they found. As they approached the still remains of the rovers, their Geiger counters began to fall silent. Pushing forward toward the remains of the initial rover, the team took note that although the counters had fallen eerily silent, they displayed some abnormalities. Screens flickered, devices rebooted all on their own, and warped chirps issued from decayed internal speakers. Within two kilometers of the first rover, the counters, communications equipment, and all save for their manual oxygen pumps had been rendered inert. The team made camp within vicinity of the rover and took to repairing the internals. Several hours later, their labor bore no fruit. The damage was too severe, and the rover was deemed condemned. Just as the crew was striking the camp, one of the technicians spotted something odd in the cliff face nearby. An elongated shadow nestled between the crags that didn't shift as the rest of the shadows did, as the sun tucked into the horizon. They called the others to attention, and warily the group proceeded. As the group approached the cliff face, excited chatter began to spread among them. The closer they came, the more of them entertained the idea that what they'd happened upon was not of natural origin. 
cut into the stone, plain for all to see, was a thick slab entryway. Although its fine edges had been worn down through time, the design was unmistakable. Someone had built this structure. Those that had come long, long before. Though they could see no mechanism by which to open the way, the team managed to wedge open a small gap by dismantling the rover's axle and utilizing it as a makeshift pry. With an opening large enough, the team shimmied their way inside. Heaving the entryway to the side, they ensured that enough light made it in, and agreed that a further investigation was paramount. Inward they went, and a small hallway led them deeper into the stone. An uneasy quiet settled in. Reality began to dawn on the crew, and for a moment, they questioned whether curiosity had pushed them too far. As the light faded to near pitch black, the team found themselves in the threshold of a wide, circular chamber. Sending two forward and holding the rest back, they surmised that an initial cursory glance was in order. After all, they hadn't come this far to turn back now. One surveyor swept along the left wall, and the other to the right, vanishing into the dark. Though the torches on their shoulders ceased to function within the same radius as the rover, the rudimentary chem lights performed admirably. Within no time, the duo had made short work of establishing a perimeter around the chamber, and hollered from the far side to the others that passage was safe. No sooner had the others left the threshold of the corridor did they hear the entryway slam shut behind them. Panic immediately took root, and they began to scramble over themselves to push the door back open, to no avail. Exhausted and bewildered, they watched with labored breathing as the light of the chemlight slowly began to fade, and the darkness crept back in. The captain ordered the others to sit in a tight circle and guided them through breathing exercises on a shaky voice. With time and effort, their breathing slowed, and they sat in still silence, ruminating on a course of action. Then, the voices spoke. They spoke not on the air, but through the ground, a deep, primal resonance that cascaded upward through the earth and into their bones. It spoke of eons past, of ancient accomplishments and grand conquests. It spoke of an untold era of technological, artistic, and cultural progression. It spoke of a past long, long lost. Then it ceased to speak, and began to show. Their minds quailed as they bore witness to grandeur unlike anything they could have imagined. A whole world in utter harmony, a perfect unity with themselves, each other, and nature. And yet, it was a unity that could not last. Raw technological power coursed beneath the very fabric of their society and ran deep into their roots. Their dominance of the natural world gave way to complacency, and complacency begot entitlement and festered apathy. Their rational faculties corroded, and logic fell prey to emotion. Primal emotion infected their hearts, and soon they turned their knives upon their neighbors, friends, and family members. Their antagonism knew no bounds, and the world itself grew to be seen as an enemy. The colonists writhed, violently seizing as they beheld the end. A lush world, once beautiful and pristine, seared under a curtain of flame as war covered every inch of their beloved home. With no way to forestall the inevitable any longer, they watched as destruction wiped them away. In their hour of twilight, 
A small group of rebels across various high-ranking positions of their society banded together to preserve what little they could and labored tirelessly until the fires claimed them. They sought to absolve themselves of the mistakes of their kind. They wished to give others a chance so that they may do better. They launched small arcs of genetic plant and animal material skyward and hinged their hopes heavenwards toward the third planet of their star. Though they had yearned for the cosmos, they accepted that their place now lied far below. Having chronicled their demise as a warning for others that may one day come, they withdrew deep into their earthen sanctums and awaited the end. As the terminus drew near, they took one last look upon their beloved world and watched it seared red. The voice and images stopped. There was silence in the chamber. Some of the colonists wept, some laughed, others sat in shocked silence. No one spoke, yet all knew what was heard, what was seen. And in every glance, in every gaze, there was a deep, unshakable understanding. They had come home.